0: If you will, please, if you're able, let's stand. Let's worship the Lord. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus there. You ready? I came full of praise because I cannot wait to worship my Savior. (laughs) All right. I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom i speak jesus your name is power your name out jesus from the mountains and jesus in the streets jesus in the darkness over every enemy jesus for my family i speak the holy name jesus just
1: maybe sometimes we don't believe just how much power is in the name of Jesus, but like, just try it, right? Right? Like, if you've got a situation that you're like, I don't see a way out of, or I, can't, I just, every time we sing that song, but especially today, it's just the Jesus for my family. There are people in this room that are fighting for their families. They're fighting for their children. They're fighting for their husbands, their dads, mothers, whatever it is. Speak the name of Jesus over that situation. It's just like what Beth said. There is power in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is today, speak the name of Jesus. It's funny, like I, I was telling them this morning, I don't I don't really go into a, a worship set thinking, oh, we're gonna have all these songs that have all these exact same things or same words or whatever in it. But I realize in the name of every or in the in every song today is the name of Jesus. So I believe. That God wants to tell you something, right? That there is power in his name. So whatever it is, will you surrender it to him today? Yeah. Whatever hurt you've got going on, whatever bitterness or, or um, if there's addiction, if there's fear, if there's depression, all of that has to bow to the name of Jesus. All of it has to bow to the name of Jesus. So let's lay it at his feet today. Yeah. God, we worship you. There is so much power in your name. God, I know that you want to see your children free. God, thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you did for us on that cross. Jesus, we worship you. God, and today we speak the name of Jesus in this room, and we invite you, God, to come and do what only you can do. Lives need to be changed, and only you can do it, God. All for the glory of your name. We worship you in this place. Thank you, Jesus.
2: hitting Death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. You saw.
1: I'd be honored in this place. Worship Jesus. There is no one like you, Jesus. God, would healing happen in this place today? And whatever it is, Jesus, worship
2: you. As you're not in it then I don't I no.
3: Good morning, church. Listen, while I was worshiping, God took me somewhere, and I have to take you with me. Is that okay? I was praying and just worshiping, and God said, you know, when you were in elementary school, you paid attention, you did some things, and every once in a while, the teacher would ask a question, and you'd be like, ooh, me, I, I, I know, I know. I know what that is. And what's crazy is that don't change. I remember going to middle school and doing the same thing. Eighth grade, teacher would be like, does anybody know the answer to this? And you're like, right here I do, yes. And then in high school, when you finally do study and you get some knowledge going on, the teacher would be like, does anybody know this? Like rhetorical, and you're like, yes, I do. I know this, you know. And it's crazy, even in college, the, the teacher would be like, Who's, who studied last night? And you'd raise your hand, oh, I know, I did, I did this, you know. What's crazy is as I turn on the news, as I watch TV, I keep hearing questions like, what are we going to do? What, what's going to happen? What are we, do, what is going on? And it's really crazy because I catch myself going, <laughs> I've been by myself, but I got my hand up. Like, I I don't know if y'all see where I'm going with this, but I was like, oh, I got my hand up. I got this. I want to read you a scripture real quick. This is John 14, 6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I I think we should focus on that first part. The world's asking all these questions, and they don't even realize it. But we know the answer. We know the answer. We sing about it every song. Jesus is the answer. We need to start sharing that outside of the walls. We need to say, hey, I know what you need. You need Jesus. Hey, I know what that situation needs. It needs Jesus. Amen? And I believe, I believe if we start sharing these things and people start hearing it over and over, they're going to be just like other people, like, When I was in school and I said the right thing a few times, they'd be like, you know what? Maybe I should ask Chris some more questions. Where'd you see that? Where did you learn that? And then guess what happens? You get to share. You get to talk about where you learn these things. And all of a sudden, you've got people asking you questions and the witness ends up being super easy. So I challenge you, just like we sing, just like we sang the last three songs, Don't be afraid to tell people the answer. Don't be afraid to raise your hand when they're going through a situation, when they're going through a problem, when they're faced with something. Say, you know what? I I know something that can help and share. Don't be afraid. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over this moment as we transition. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being that answer. Lord God, thank you so much for being the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord God, I love you, and I know that you are here for the good. And, Lord God, right now I ask that you fill each and every one of us, Lord God, so that we're overflowing and we're able to share of the good things that you do. And, Lord God, when we need you, you're there. And help us to feed that to others, Lord. Help us to open doors for us to share that. Oh, God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being the King of Kings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now. Now, we've. I've been cutting you off this whole time. Let's put our hands together and praise the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Amen. Now, I tell my kids, I said that that was good if we were just talking about somebody who just did a, a cool trick. We're talking about the King of Kings. I think we should put it a little bit louder. Let's be a little bit more boisterous. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. That is, that's way better. Thank you so much. I feel better. I don't know about you guys, you know, that. But, uh, you know, it was golf clap. Yeah. No, no, this is the king. Listen, I want you to take the next few moments, if you would, find somebody, give them a high five. If they kind of withdraw, air high five, I understand, you know. But go say hey, give a smile, let someone know that you love them, amen.
4: do that on TV. All right, guys, if you'll go ahead and make your way back to your seats, we'll get started this morning with our announcements. Good morning, guys. My name is Kelly Wood, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here at Christ Chapel, I want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. As usual, we are very honored and privileged that we get to worship together today, and I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, John is actually not here this morning. He'd already made arrangements for Jason to preach, and um, he decided that he was going to go pop in as discreetly as possible on Christ Chapel East's first Sunday to support Pastor Scott and his team. But you know, yes, thank you, Lord. God, I just pray for your blessing on their meeting together today. Thank you. Um, but He's trying to do it a little discreetly because it tends to put people a little, make them a little nervous when all of a sudden your pastor shows up and you want to do everything right and all that good stuff. So he's gonna try and sneak in in the back. So I'm I'm waiting to hear how that works out. So anyway, it's like hmm, what happens there. So John's not here with us today, um, but we do have Pastor Jason who's going to be preaching today, and I am so very excited to hear the word that he's going to bring. It just is always. Oh, great blessing. Um, But if you're a first time visitor here with us today, I hope that our greeting team managed to catch you as you walked in the door and greet you. We are so glad that you're here. We have been praying and planning for your visit. And if for some reason we happen to miss you, if you would just do me a huge favor, stop by that greeting table on your way out. We just wanna put a small gift in your hands. We're not gonna track you down, but we would like to know that you are here with us. And if we can answer any questions about what we've got available for your children, for adult ministries, for our student ministries, that's more of our teenagers, we can't call them kids anymore, it's student ministries. But um, we would just love to know that you're here and how we can serve you guys. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask them to play our announcement video and then we'll go ahead and have our time of tithe and offering.
1: Good morning, Christ Chapel. Coming up September 25th we have Water Baptism. If you or someone you know is interested in following the Lord in Water Baptism, please sign up on the Christ Chapel app. And also coming up on October 8th is our Family Night Blitz at the Mercer Football Stadium. You can find that on the Christ Chapel app by scrolling down in the events. You'll need to sign up directly with for free tickets on their website. And also visit our website and sign up there too so we can plan on you. And you can also check us out on Christchapelmacon.com or Facebook and Instagram at Christchapelmacon.
4: We're going to conclude our time of worship this morning by um, having giving our tithes and offerings. We've got our baskets up here up front. So while the music plays, I just want to give you the opportunity to pray with your family before you give, because this is an act of worship unto the Lord, and we want to give him the reverence that he's due. So um, as they go ahead and play the music, if you guys would come up here, and then um, Pastor Jason will come and pray.
5: Good morning church family how's everyone today that was a beautiful time of worship wasn't it can we honor our worship team that was just such a sweet time of worship this morning thank you for all of the work that goes into that so I learned something this morning I think Chris was a better student than I was When I was in high school and they asked questions, I don't think I was awake for most of them, let alone ready to answer them. But uh, I'm glad that we have people like that here to carry the flag for us. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm going to start this morning, uh, open us up in prayer. And if you would pray for me uh, as I pray for myself this morning. Father God, we just surrender this time to you, Lord. I know that it is, there is no way that I can do anything profitable without your anointing, Lord. So I pray for your anointing, God, that you will cover me, that you will give me wisdom and clarity of thought, Father, that I'll be able to speak with an unction from heaven, that your divine anointing will come over me, God, and I won't get in the way uh, with too many thoughts or rabbit trails, God. I pray for your peace, Lord, uh, that I can deliver your word with some clarity. I pray that we receive from you today and that we can walk out from here today knowing that we have all heard from you, Father. We love you and honor you and surrender this time to you, Lord. May it glorify you and bring glory to your name and your kingdom. Amen. So, today is September 11th. That... So that's the 21st anniversary of when we were attacked in 2001, September 11th. It's an anniversary of when an enemy launched an attack against us. I would say at that time our country came together and, and united pretty well and there was a lot of God bless America on every gas station marquee and, and all of that. I'm not sure it would be the same today. But 21 years ago, the enemy launched an attack that would change. The way we live, pretty much from then forward, to some degree or another, for everyone that served, uh, we thank you. And but today is another anniversary, and this is, wasn't really in my notes. I've just been thinking on this this morning. Christ Chapel East is launching today. there there's a launch today of an attack on the enemy, and not in the temporal sense, but in the spiritual sense. There's a church being stood up on the east side of town today that is saying, come here and we're going to give you Jesus. We know that answer as Chris was talking this morning. When the world's going crazy, the things that are, the writing on the wall, when we see revelations playing out day by day, they're standing there on that side of town saying, we have the answer. We have Jesus Christ. So today is not just a day to remember the sad times and the things that make us mourn, but today is a day to to shout for the Lord, because there's a place being stood up today that is going to bring people biblical truth, and is going to point people to Jesus, and amen, amen. There's so much going on today that just ties right into what the Lord laid on my heart to speak about today, and I didn't plan that. Uh, I really... It all just happened that way, but we know, and Pastor John taught lately, uh, that all things work together for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, the title this morning I'm going to go ahead and give you, by the grace of God, is Seek the Lord. Now, if you've read Carter Conlon's book, 180 Degree Christian, before, The general premise of that book is to turn away from the world and seek the Lord. Chase after the Lord. Put Christ at the center of your life and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. The tinsel crowns won't be so attractive. The gold plating on the temptations and lusts of this world is tarnished and see-through. And when he opens that book, I remember reading this last year, or earlier this year when we were doing it as a, as a church body, and I remember just crying through the portion where he talks about the time in his church when Dave Wilkerson was still the lead pastor, the time before the attacks of 9-11, when there was a deep sense. Of reverence in the congregations, times where the word wouldn't even be preached, where it would just be a time of seeking the Lord in prayer. And after the attacks, realizing that this was a preparation for that, they didn't know what it, they were being prepared for, but they were being prepared for something important. They were in Times Square, New York City. And and they had collected water and blankets. They were able to set up a distribution center, help people. Uh, They were able to get through blockades and deliver water to first responders, bring blankets to people. And and that doesn't happen without God making that happen. And and I feel lately in my spirit, I've been acutely aware of God drawing me to a deeper knowledge of him. And, and I feel that he's drawing me to walk in a closer relationship with him that's twofold our relationship with God is not just mental knowledge of the scriptures and it's not just experiential when we receive salvation we mature as we become a student of the word and we study the scriptures and we grow deeper in relationship and experience him more holy as, as we come into communication and communion with him I found myself waking up in the middle of the night and the first thing that I utter is Jesus I want more of you and less of me would you increase in my life and may I decrease these words they echo in my head throughout the day when I feel tempted and when I feel attacked by the enemy They serve as both a sword and a shield. Our intimacy with God, our relationship with God, is both a defense. We defend. It's a shield of faith. It extinguishes every fiery dart of the enemy. And it's also an offense. It's the sword of the spirit. My relationship with him, my history with him, my faith in him. These things serve as my defense and my offense. And over the past several weeks, I've heard testimony from other believers that echoes this sentiment. There's an overarching desire for revival. There's an aching for a renewed relationship with God among many believers. And this message this morning is an outgrowth of the thoughts and meditations that have been stirring in my mind and in my spirit. And I pray that this is gonna serve as a word of encouragement It will serve as a revitalization shot and a call to action for us today. I already told you this message is titled, Seek the Lord. But there was a time when God prepared a church and they took time to intimately seek the Lord and then they were his tool during a time of calamity. That was the Times Square Church after the terror attacks. There, I feel in my spirit is a calling for us to seek the Lord move into deeper relationship with the Lord because there is coming a time I don't know exactly what it is I'm not a date setter I don't know exactly how it's going to play out but I know there is coming a time when that intimacy with the Lord is going to be the only thing we have that faith that has been refined because we have sought the Lord is going to be the only thing that we have and if you don't seek him now What are you going to have when that's all you have? If you would turn in your Bibles, please, this morning to the prophet of Jeremiah, chapter 29. This will be our primary text, but we are going to go through a lot of Bible this morning. So I hope you're okay with that in the house of the Lord that we read his word. Not the best exegetical sermon, but I already told you guys that was my worst grade in college. Yeah, biblical preaching classes are tough. If you're there, say amen. All right, that sounds like a good majority. We got some people here to party today. Let's do it. Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. This letter is coming from Jerusalem, as Jeremiah is writing it, and sending it to the exiles in Babylon. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, verse 11 right there, most people know that one. That's a very common tagline on cards and words of encouragement. I have it on uh, some interior decorating in my house. My wife handles all that, but it's It's real nice. And often, we'll stop right here at this verse. I know the plans I have for you. Or we'll only read this verse. And not take into consideration that (laughs) he he prefaced this by saying when 70 years are completed. Two people that are exiled in Babylon. In a place where they're not very comfortable. And he says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you future and a hope. Do you know how ridiculous that would have sounded to them? Like, well, then why am I in captivity? Is there ever a time where we're like, well, well, God said this and my life isn't lining up with that and, and I'm starting to doubt? If that's happening, I encourage you to dig in, to seek the Lord and know him more clearly. Know him deeper than a meme theology and a hashtag scripture verse. Know who he is, the Alpha and the Omega, the uncreated creator, the one that stood out on nothing and created everything and upholds it by the power of his word. That's who we're talking about. He is the one that plans for our welfare. He is the one that's going to give me a future and has given me a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you in verse 13 right here this is what we really are gonna hit today you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and we covered the, the prophet Jeremiah here he is writing to exiles in Babylon God is telling the Israelite people he has a plan for them and although they're in captivity right now there's coming a time When he will restore them, God is telling his people to seek him. God is telling his people how to seek him with all of their heart. And he has given a promise here because God cannot lie. So if it's a statement that God has made, it is a promise. It is a covenant, okay? So he has promised right here that when we seek him wholeheartedly, that we're going to find him. A lot of us will pull out of that things that aren't there. If I spend a week in prayer and fasting he's going to answer my prayer and he's going to be there. It doesn't say that. It says when you seek him with all your heart you're going to find him. It doesn't put a timeline on it, it doesn't put circumstances of wealth and health and financial and physical well-being. It doesn't put all that in there. It says you're going to find him when you seek him with all of your heart. And like I said before, there, there is being, there's been a stirring in my spirit to seek the Lord like never before. I believe he is telling us as believers collectively, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, he is telling us to seek him with all of our heart. And I believe that there is some urgency to the order for I sincerely believe the hour is late. His promise is valid today. We seek him with all of our heart and we are going to find him. But we might face some difficulty here. I I fear that seeking the Lord with all of our heart may be more of an abstract idea than something we have an understanding of, something we can put into practical application, something, a way for us to well, how do I seek the Lord with all of my heart? Why should I seek the Lord with all of my heart? Are there particular spiritual disciplines that I should be doing more often? Are, are there things, ways I must position my heart? What, what is going on? How do I seek the Lord? Like it sounds good. Seek the Lord with all my heart. And, and he's going to reveal himself to me. I will find him. But what does that mean? Has anybody else ever felt like that? nope i'm the only one well i'm preaching to myself this morning that's all right good message buddy so it is my prayer today that god will use me to bring some clarity to the idea of seeking the lord the idea and the concept of seeking the lord what that's what i want to do today is bring some clarity to that how do i do that why should i do that when should i do that those were the three points so i hope you're paying attention we're not going over it again no i'm just kidding we're going to talk about why believers should seek the lord we're going to talk about how believers should seek the lord and when we should seek the lord so number one if you're taking notes why do i seek the lord Why do I seek the Lord? The most obvious answer is so that we can find Him, right? That's what we just covered. Seek the Lord with all your heart, and you will find Him. You'll find Him when you seek Him with all your heart. We read throughout all of Scripture that we will find God when we seek Him. Not a might, not a maybe, not if He feels like it, not if you're wearing the right suit and you're kneeled at the proper position and all of that. You seek the Lord. You are going, going to reveal himself to you. He has said that in his word, and he is faithful and true to his word. So it is my confidence as a follower of Christ that if I seek him, I'm going to find him. That's the only guarantee I have. I don't have a guarantee of when he's going to show up, how he's going to show up, what he's going to do when he shows up, but I do have a guarantee that I will be, he will be revealed to me that I will find him because I'm seeking him. We read it in the law. In the first five books of the Bible, that are often referred to as the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, Deuteronomy four twenty-nine, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Like Jeremiah, Moses states that we must seek him with all of our heart. Since we've already started with Jeremiah, I'm going to continue there. In the prophets, we read in Jeremiah 29:13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. This, this is a restated theme in scripture. So when things are restated, when things are really flushed out throughout the entirety of the Bible, we should pay attention to them. And we are told time and time again to seek the Lord. Why? So that we can find Him. Does anybody else here think that it would be a good thing to find the Lord? To walk in relationship with the Lord? To, to be in an intimate relationship with God? In the Gospels, we, we read in Matthew chapter 7, 7 and 8. This is Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. That's Jesus Christ saying that during his Sermon on the Mount, one of like his most known paramount preachings in Scripture. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Ask about me. So many of us cop out with these lazy excuses. they well, just don't know a lot. I knew zero things about chemistry before I stepped in a classroom and opened a book. Just saying. I passed the class. It was hard, but I passed. All right? That's a lazy excuse. I just don't know much. Well, where are you investing your time? What are you trying to learn? Are you asking God? Are you even talking to him? Or is he just like a hashtag? Hashtag bless. God is good because I got money. What about when you're broke? Does God feel good or do you got a fair-weather relationship with God? Do you seek him when it's comfortable? Do you ask when it's comfortable? Or only when you need him? Seek and you will find. Again, God is telling us. He's not hiding the ball here. When people are like, when we hear these lazy excuses, even from ourselves, I'm guilty of this too. I'm not here to point a finger at anybody. I mean, I've done this myself. Well, God, you know, why is it when I get so busy, the soft part of my time budget is devotion? Me right here. That's me talking about me. I'm guilty of that. Like, well, I just got so much work to do and I got bills to pay and I got stuff, deadlines I got to meet. And there's an inspector coming at this house and I got to set out that one for a CEO and da, 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 da. And, and so why is it that I'm comfortable saying, well, I'll just catch up on my reading later? Brother, it should not be that way, loved ones. We should not so easily dismiss our our, spiritual, our time with God for temporal concerns. And I know very clearly that that is easier, easier said than done. But we are told time and again to seek Him because we will find him so why do i seek the lord i seek the lord because he invites me to seek him and he promises that when i seek him especially when i seek him with my whole heart i'm going to find him why do i seek the lord i seek him because time is short you you don't have to have any type of discernment to look at the world and see it circling the drain time is short We read in Isaiah chapter 55, verses six and seven. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now that first portion of verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found there's an implication there the implication of that passage is there's going to be a time where he can't be found right? there's going to be a time where the hour is too late where the opportunity has passed I don't want to stand before God I, I know I have enough regrets as it is I don't want to go further in life and stand before God and try to explain why I didn't take the time to seek Him when He invited me to seek Him. When I lived in a country where I could seek Him with freedom. Where I had all of these resources at my fingertips, digital, hard copies, it's not illegal for them to sell. If you lose every Bible you have, there's a bookstore slam full of them. I don't want to, you know, that, that's stirring it. I don't want to stand before God and go, why didn't you seek me when you had time? And it's clear in scripture that we should seek the Lord while he may be found. That's why I seek the Lord. I seek the Lord to better resist sin. I read in the Psalms in chapter 119 verses 10 and 11. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your heart, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, we're with this theme of wholeheartedly seeking the Lord. And why do I do it? So that I might not wander from his commandments. So that I could stand with integrity and say that my joy is in the law of the Lord and on it I meditate day and night so that I can look on the temptations of this world and be so intimately familiar with my God that they are of little consequence or concern to me because I will not sacrifice the eternal weight of glory for momentary satisfaction of passion and pleasure. I seek the Lord to better resist the sin. Has anyone else here noticed that when you fall out of your devotion time, when you fall out of the intimacy that you once had with God, you're more easily tempted, you're more regularly tempted, you're more effectively tempted by the adversary? I have. So what do I do? I seek the Lord. Why? Because it helps me resist sin. Because when I'm standing right here with him in intimate relationship, I'm not tempted by this junk over here. I'm satisfied in every way. I'm with the one who knows me, everything about me. He knows me more intimately than I know myself. He knows me in ways I could not articulate to let someone else in to know me that way. And he loves me deeply and more greatly than anyone else could ever love me. And we would turn away from that for the junk the world offers? We will, if we don't seek Him. We will when we grow cold. We will when we distance ourselves from that relationship. It's the human flaw. So that's why I seek the Lord with my whole heart. So that I can better resist the sin and the temptation that the enemy is going to bring day after day. Because we know that he is on the war path. He is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I don't do much, you know, the Greek for that. But that term right there means sop you up like gravy off the plate with a biscuit. He ain't leaving anything. Like it's Thanksgiving time. That plate is clean. That's that's how much the enemy hates you. His his whole purpose is to destroy you and completely consume you. And what's my best defense? To be in close, intimate relationship with God. How do I get there? By seeking him. I seek the Lord so that I can serve him more faithfully. When we read in 2 Chronicles all through chronicles you'll get the stories of the kings and rulers of Israel and i'm not going to go deep into this right now but these are two leaders that serve as a juxtaposition to one another black and white in second chronicles 12:14 the king of Israel he did not seek the lord and he did poorly in 2nd Chronicles 12 14 it says he did evil for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord that means we have a choice in the matter we can choose to or we can choose not to seek the Lord and because this person chose not to seek the Lord they did evil but then we read in 2nd Chronicles fourteen four, a ruler that did well it says in verse 4 and commanded Judah to seek the Lord the God of their fathers and to keep the law and the commandments he sought the Lord he told the people of Israel to seek the Lord he had peace during his reign and the nation of Israel was successful during that time so it was a choice that each of these rulers made and one made the choice to seek the Lord one made the choice to not seek the Lord one did poorly in his job and did evil one did well in his job and exhorted the people to also seek the Lord and observe his commandments It is so important for us to seek the Lord. I seek the Lord because my trust is in him alone. In Psalms chapter 9, verses 9 through 10, we read, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Anybody remember the song, The the Name of the Lord is a Strong Tower? The righteous run into it and they are safe." That used to be like the only song I knew in Afghanistan. And when things got really popped off and got crazy, that was the only thing I sing that in my head sometimes. Sometimes I was more confident that I would survive, so it was not nice music. Isn't it funny how when things are rough, we'll turn to the Lord? And then when things are, you know, gravy, or we're able to, like, get in there and be confident in our own strength, we're just like, yeah, I got this. I'm thebomb.com. I'm going to post this on Facebook. I'm about to have, like, a bajillion subscribers. The Lord is a stronghold. He is a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. I completely trust him. And I seek him because he does not forsake those that seek him. I seek the Lord because of his promises. In Psalm 34, 8 through 10, this is a very, again, another popular verse psalm thirty four eight through ten O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I seek the Lord because of His promises. I seek the Lord because it tells me to in the Bible. I seek the Lord to resist sin. I uh, I seek the Lord because my trust is in Him alone. And I seek the Lord because of His promises. I seek the Lord because He sought me first. I seek the Lord because He invites me to seek Him. He allows me to seek Him. He is my only hope in this crooked generation. And He is your only hope too. This is why we as believers must seek the Lord our God with all of our heart with all of our mind with all of our soul and with all of our strength he is all we have that's why I seek the Lord number two for those taking notes how do I seek the Lord How do I seek the Lord? I seek the Lord earnestly. In Psalm 63, 1, this verse plays over in my head so much, my, my TBI acts up and I get the words backwards. And that's fun too. You know, you gotta stop and retrain yourself how to process. Like, wait, what? I think I said that backwards, God. My bad. Psalm 63, 1. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I want to be this desperate for God, even when the times are good. I want, I pray, lighten me this fire to know you, to be closer to you, to seek you. It says, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The psalmist here, David, writing this in the wilderness of Judah, is so acutely aware of what it is to be pushed to the physical limit, and and be thirsting and needing. He says, this is what my soul does for you, God. I earnestly seek you, earnestly, with sincere and intense conviction, seriously, soberly, intently, and resolutely. Earnestly seek the Lord with a sincere and intense conviction. Seriously seek the Lord, soberly seek the Lord, intently, focused, And resolutely, I seek the Lord. I seek the Lord desperately. I was on a job the other day, and we're changing out a motor in an attic. And you know, when people have lost a child, or they don't see one, they're pretty sure it's pretty close by. Like, hey, youngin, where you at? That's not very desperate. But this grandmother was babysitting. And they have a pool in the backyard. And I'm there, and there's a little half-door out in the bedroom. And I hear that's her feet coming up the stairs, and like this scream of a name, like sh- like woke the dead. I, I, and I'm like, immediately this has my attention. And her head like poof, around the door. Hey, have y'all seen the kid? And we're like, N- no, we haven't seen the. And poof, Gone again, cloud of smoke. Doo, 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 doo. And uh, desperately, she is seeking this child. She is screaming out his name. She doesn't care who's around. She doesn't care who hears. She doesn't care that somebody might think she's weird. She is desperately seeking this child. What would our life look like if we sought the Lord with that same desperate, relentless, I'm not going to give up until I find you, God? Your word says that when I seek you with all my heart, that I am going to find you. And I'm not stopping, Lord. I'm not turning around. I will seek you until I find you. I want to see you in your sanctuary, and your great and mighty works, God. I want to be in your presence. And I'm not going to stop. I will desperately and earnestly and relentlessly seek you. If that would be the heartbeat of us as a church, imagine the impact it would make. Not only in our lives, but in our professional lives, in our local area. If that was the heartbeat of the professing believers in America, imagine what impact that would make. And all it takes is a decision. It is your choice to seek the Lord as Pastor John will often remind us others can't do it for you and God's not going to do it for you it is on you seek the Lord we're told throughout Scripture seek the Lord seek the Lord Alicia if you would come please how else do we seek the Lord seek the Lord holistically completely I want to know Him through the study of His Word. Paul exhorts us to grow in our knowledge of God. So yes, there's time I spend in study, but I also have to know Him relationally, through my personal experience with Him, through my time in prayer with Him, through my solitude with Him, my silence in His presence. We don't just open the Bible to seek the Lord there are many spiritual disciplines with which we seek the Lord we can fast deny our flesh break loose from its demands on us to do what it tells us to do and every time we're hungry seek the Lord how earnestly with our whole heart God is the perfect relationship have you ever thought about this the Holy Trinity is three persons, one God? it will break your brain. Come to me later if you wanna talk about it more. Three persons, one God. All co-eternal, all co-equal, all God. But three distinct and different persons. You know, they've never had an argument. They've been together for all of eternity. Eternity past, eternity future. They've never had a disagreement. Can you think of two people that you could hang out with without a disagreement for, for a year? Most of us would probably say no. But God is relationship perfect. He's three people and one God. To know him completely, to walk in intimate relationship with him, we must be students of the word and we must be lovers of his word. Some prefer one over the other, but we must have both. If I'm just a student and I lack grace, I'm like a pumice stone. I'm holy, but you don't want to cuddle up with me. I thought that one last night. If I'm just a lover of God and his word, but I don't study it and I'm not a student, I lack maturity. I submit to you that we need both. If we're going to seek the Lord, we seek Him completely. I must offer Him both my time and my obedience, my mind, and my body, and my spirit. Surrender it all to Him. Let Him have His way in me. Have personal experiences with Him, corporate experiences with Him corporate times where I study his word, in private times where I read his word. This is how we seek the Lord. A relationship is not just a single experience and it's not an accumulation of knowledge about the person. It's progressive, our single greatest calling as believers is to grow in our intimacy with God. Because from that, the outflow will be every other thing that we are supposed to do as believers. How we are supposed to represent God, how we are supposed to live in a world when we are a new creation, when we are not of this world, when we are sojourning on to Zion, all of those will be an outgrowth of the intimacy of our relationship with God. Finally, when do I seek the Lord? number three if you're taking notes when do I seek the Lord again here we have the obvious answer and that's to seek him now seek him continuously in Psalm 105 1 through 4 that's Psalm 105 1 through 4 we read oh give thanks to the Lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the peoples sing to him sing praises to him Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek God. Seek his presence. And seek him continually. That's all the time. Without ceasing. ceasing. Of course, we can't do that in literal application but we can position our heart in submission to him. Seek him when you can't sleep or when you wake up early. Instead of grabbing your phone first thing, instead of turning on the news, that'll give you a twitch. Don't watch the news, just cut it off. Seek him. In Psalm 63 again, it says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. And David, we're told twice in Scripture that he is a man after God's own heart. And as he's in the wilderness in Judah, he writes the 63rd Psalm. And he tells us, when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Seek him. Can't sleep? Seek him. Can't find rest or peace in this crazy world? Seek him. Seek the Lord now, for the hour is late. We touched on that already in Isaiah 55, 6 we read that we are to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. He may be found today. He is near today. If you're sitting there and you're like, seek the Lord. I'm I'm just, I just came here to get a meal after church. If you're not a believer, I wanna give you a chance to respond If you feel God drawing you and you want to surrender to him, seek the Lord. The altars are open. There's nothing special about coming down here to this altar. It is a public profession of your intent to follow God and an assault on your pride. That's all that it is. But if you hear this and you're like, I want to know God, I want to know the answer. I want to be confident. I don't want to be tossed around by the waves of every crazy teaching and doctrine that comes down. I don't want to face tomorrow in fear of what the world may bring. I want to seek the Lord. I invite you to come and surrender your life to God. Bless Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, you're so great and mighty. God, can I have two gentlemen down here please? Want to pray with each one of these men? Don't overpower their prayer, just come alongside them and pray in agreement. him if this message has quickened your spirit and you have a burning desire and you you want to just profess a covenant with God to seek him to know him to walk with him more deeply to love him more deeply to know him more clearly I invite you to just come and make that covenant with the Lord those of you on the altar you're, take your time, no rush the two that came forward know that all of heaven is rejoicing with you this morning all of heaven rejoices with you I want to encourage you when the doubt comes when the enemy tries to attack you and tell you it wasn't real when he tells you there's no change seek the Lord Seek him continuously, seek him earnestly, and seek him to know him. The rest of you, let's seek God. Let's seek God so that we can know him and make him known. All honor and glory to him. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this body of believers, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to seek you, Father God. Don't leave us to our own devices, Lord. Don't take your spirit from us, God. Fill us with a burning desire to know you more, to know you deeper, to walk with you more closely, Father God. Stir in us a a desire that cannot be satisfied with a a five-minute email list devotion God but may we be drawn into authentic and intimate relationship with you father God and may the outworking of that be a blessing to those around us and may it be a light in this dark and perverse generation and may we go forward and do things for your wonderful kingdom to glorify your name Lord we thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you and do life with you God and we just pray that you would use us for your glory In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, church. Have a good Lord's Day.